Hello, and welcome to the StarNet Regions 1 and 3 podcast. My name is Emily Riley, and I'm the Assistant Project Director for StarNet Regions 1 and 3, and also the host for the podcast series on developmentally appropriate practices. So this is episode three of our series, and in the last two episodes, I had a chance to chat with Illinois AUIC President Stephanie Hurling and an early childhood educator who works in an inclusive early childhood program um, about the newly released fourth edition of the Developmentally Appropriate Practices Position Statement. Today, I'm going to have a chance to chat with Natalie Danner with the Illinois Early Learning Project. Welcome, Natalie. Thanks. Glad to be here. Great. Um, And I also, I think you would be happy to know too, I wanted to let you know, both people I have interviewed before you have mentioned the Illinois Early Learning Project. So, and just how beneficial it's been as a resource for them um, to share with families or to help them um, in their work as professionals. So um, a lot of people already know about you and we're hoping to spread the word even further today. That's great. Thanks. Sure. Yeah. So um, for people who might not know about the Illinois Early Learning Project, though, could you go ahead and just start by um, telling us a little bit about the project and well, and probably first about you, Natalie, and what you do with the Illinois Early Learning Project? Well, uh, first about me, my name is Natalie Danner. I work at the Illinois Early Learning Project or IEL for short. My role is an early childhood content specialist. So I work on most of the content that's produced by IEL. And a little about IEL, we're a source of evidence-based, reliable information on early care and education for parents, caregivers, and teachers of young children in Illinois. We're also funded by ISBE, or Illinois State Board of Education. And if you go to our website, which is IllinoisEarlyLearning.org, Teachers and parents can find up-to-date tip sheets, videos, blogs, resource lists, toolkits, and a variety of other resources on early childhood topics from curriculum to dental health to early intervention and lots more. So one of our most popular resources is our tip sheets, which are one-page summaries of a topic that are easy to share with parents or to use in professional development. And one of our unique features of the resources that we're really proud of is that our tip sheets are translated into multiple languages. So we have Spanish, Polish, Korean, Chinese, Arabic, and French. So this makes it really perfect for sharing with families who speak other languages. Yes, I actually just had a chance to... Um, refer an educator to your site because of that. They were um, sharing how they had four different languages represented in their classroom this year. And that was Mm -hmm. um, new for that educator. And I said, oh, well, yeah, you've got to check out (laughs) IEL because they have all their tip sheets in multiple languages. And so, yeah, she was going to check that out. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. And you'll also see IEL out and about at, at many of the uh, Illinois early childhood conferences, at least the ones that are in person, right? So we can share our content and resources with educators. So again, any of your listeners can access all our free materials at IllinoisEarlyLearning.org. Okay, yes. And you did say free, right? Free resources. All of it is free. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I know I have also 
Well, it's been about 15 years, I think, since I've been in a classroom. I was a preschool educator myself, and I remember using the tip sheets um, back then. And um, But as a professional development provider, I've also noticed how things have evolved over time, too. Mm-hmm. And you've got the graphic tip sheets that are very visual, and um, mm-hmm. many people have appreciated um, those as well. Yeah. Well, another part of our process that um, I'm a part of here at IEL is that we get to update some of the materials. So as things change and as research changes and shows us that things are a little bit different in our world and how we work with children should also be a little bit different, we also need to update what we've written in the past. So I'm a part of a small group that's looking at all of our older resources and updating them with newer content too. So you can always be sure that when you come to our website, you're finding some of the newest stuff and our older stuff has been updated too. So it's oh, good very, to know. Yeah, very good to know. Thank you. Well, wow. So that was very comprehensive about many of the resources that you provide. So thanks for sharing about um, IEL. And then specifically, since we're talking about developmentally appropriate practices in this series, I am curious to know, and if you can share with our listeners about some of the newly developed resources that you have offered related to uh, the revised position statement on developmentally appropriate practices. Sure. So actually now we have three new resources on developmentally appropriate practices at IEL. We have a resource list, a toolkit, and a Q&A. So um, all of those can be accessed like Emily said, free of charge. Um, I'll start with the Q&A and I'll get a little bit into that. It's called DAP 101. So if you want to learn some basic information about DAP, that's really where you could start. It's a good place to start learning about DAP, especially for educators that are considering how to use DAP in their classrooms. That's a good place to start. And one of the biggest questions that I think educators have about the new DAP is what's changed or what's Mm -hmm. changed with developmentally appropriate practices. And so I was looking online and I saw it linked in. There was a post that the new DAP book just came out and I pre-ordered it and everything like that. So (laughs) I'm on the list of getting it too, but I haven't had it in my hands yet. But there was a quote um, on this posting and it said it was from Barbara Willer from NEYC. And she was describing the DAP newest edition. And she said, in quotes, everything has changed and yet nothing has changed. Yes, and yes. I was and thinking, I heard, <laughs> I heard did someone you read share that, that at a DAP. I had the, the privilege of attending the DAP um, symposium um, hosted by NACI, I think in, yep. it was over the summer. And yep. a similar statement was made about how, yeah, it's like yep. everything's changed, yet nothing has changed. <laughs> yep. It's so interesting. So I was thinking, like, how does that really uh work into answering the question, what has changed? And so like, while I agree with that statement, I also really critically looked at how this has evolved over time, because this is the fourth edition. And so when I'm thinking about it myself, I really thought the focus of that fourth edition has really changed in three pretty significant and also positive ways. So the first that I saw um, that DAP was changing was that really has a fresh focus on the growing racial 
ethnic, cultural, and linguistic diversity of both our national and global communities. So they're really focusing and considering the diversity of children and families when they're looking at DAP. So the authors really, really put a large focus on this, which I think is great. Um, so that's slightly changed from earlier editions. The second thing that I think that they've changed also is that instead of one quote unquote best practice, DAP is now using the term quality practices with an S because there isn't really one best practice that works for all children or all educators or all families. So I think that's another positive going for DAP fourth edition. And then the third one is they have a wider, wider age band. So the old DAP really focused on those three and four-year-olds or just the preschoolers. And now with the fourth edition, the age band is birth through age eight. And what's great about that is it aligns with NAYC teacher education standards. So they have professional standards and competencies for early childhood educators that they updated in 2019. But it also aligns with Division for Early Childhood standards, which are also birth through age eight. So I really appreciate how everything is becoming more aligned and less segmented into the age groups. Because when you're thinking about how developmentally appropriate practice can be used with infants, you're also thinking about how they can be used with kindergartners. And these are different ways of applying DAP, but both are so, so important. So those three things are really the changes that I've seen. I haven't been able to get the actual book yet, but so far with everything that's been shared on the NEYC website, those are the things that I've noticed that have been strong emphasis of this change to the fourth yes. edition. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to getting my copy of the, the book that's coming out. And in the meantime, have just, yeah, really been kind of reading through the position statement and highlighting and making comments and thinking about, you know, how I can integrate that into my professional learning that is offered through, through StarNet. So, um, so you identified those three categories um, so I imagine that probably had like the fresh look on kind of equity and diversity and, um, you know, making sure that people are considering birth through age eight when we talk about early childhood um, and then, yeah, quality practices, plural, right? So I imagine that probably impacted some of your decision with like developing the content that you're mm -hmm. sharing on um, your DAP 101 page and other resources. Yeah, so it actually really that was a good starting point. So our Q&A was really the starting point of our other resources. Um, so the other resources that we have are the toolkit and the resource list. So the toolkit is really shaped up into breaking down DAP into smaller sections and giving small snippets of information onto those smaller sections. So for example, one small section is DAP and learning through play. Another small section is DAP and infants and toddlers. So we give about a paragraph of information on that topic. So there's some content and then there's links embedded in there to additional web content on the same mini topic. So the toolkit's a really good place to learn about 
how DAP can be used with different age groups. So that was one of the first things that, you know, I mentioned before that third, the wider age band, we really got into it into a little bit more depth in the toolkit and thinking about infants and toddlers and how is that different than using DAP with preschoolers. And so that's a good place to get into it there. And we also gave some other resources for professional development providers and faculty in higher ed as well. So that's a good toolkit for both educators and professional development providers. And then we also, oh, go ahead, Emma. Oh, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I'm glad you mentioned uh, faculty and professional development providers. So really your target audience is not just early childhood educators or Mm -hmm. families. It's really the whole profession and field of early childhood, it sounds like. Yeah, uh, really anyone can go to our website. It's a free Mm -hmm. website, so anyone can go to it. And actually, we have people because we can track our readership and, you know, who's reading it and that sort of thing. And we can tell that we're getting people from internationally who are reading, you know, some of our content as well, which is great to see our reach is that far. Um, But we do prioritize people in Illinois. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's our grant. (laughs) Um, But yes, we definitely prioritize early childhood educators in a variety of settings. So they don't have to just be in public school settings, really thinking broader than that and thinking of childcare and thinking of family childcare and thinking of private preschools and thinking of, you know, public pre-K, all of those um, people all together, as well as the people who support them. So when we talk about professional development providers, um, I heard in a conference that I went to that there are people who are using a lot of our resources, which we love, in some of the conference presentations as resources that they use as handouts, which is just, it's a great way for um, people to find resources that are really geared toward Illinois educators. And we really um, love to see when faculty and professional uh, development providers use our resources and share them too, because that's what they're there for. And they can get them out in the hands of educators and pre-educators um, sometimes better than we can. We make them free free of charge and open access and all of that. But sometimes it's that personal touch that really makes it more um, usable to educators in the field. Mm-hmm. So definitely. Thank you, Natalie. Yeah. So I think, were you going to share one more resource? One more. All right. So the last one is the resource list, which is really like a one-stop shop for like curated IEL resources and web resources on developmentally appropriate practices. So if you're a teacher or a professional development provider and you're new to DAP and you really want to read more widely on the topic, this is the place for them. So we're linking to many web resources from our professional membership organization in early childhood, NEUIC, and we also link to Star, StarNet and the DEP podcast series in there too. Yay. So, <laughs> hey, we're all connected. Yes. All right. Great. So um, one of the things you mentioned earlier with the toolkit, which I really appreciate, is kind of breaking down DAP a little bit into those like subtopics or categories like DAP and infants and toddlers, DAP and play, which I think is brilliant because if you look at 
you know, if you grab the position statement and however many pages it is, of course, it could be overwhelming to just kind of go through all of it at once. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, and I think it kind of links, relates to the other question I wanted to ask you about as well a little bit, but I was wondering what other resources that IEL might have that might not necessarily be like on your DAP pages here for the toolkit or the Q&A or your resource list, um, but that could support, you know, implementation of developmentally appropriate practices. So is there anything you want to highlight, I guess, other than those intended DAP pages that you have? Yeah, so IEL definitely offers a variety of tip sheets that you can search for by keyword. So, for example, if an educator is interested in trying out math activities in the classroom using natural elements, we have a tip sheet on that. So it's like once you know what you want to get to, my favorite way to search for content on the IEL website is just go to IllinoisEarlyLearning.org and you type in the search box right at the top of the page, you'll definitely get lots of content on whatever you search for, and it all will be geared toward early childhood teachers and parents and professional development providers. So we have a series of tip sheets on the project approach, a series on math, and even a series on out and about with preschoolers. And those can help extend ideas about what and how to teach young children. But we also have blogs that have been really helpful to many early childhood educators on topics like dual language learners and children with disabilities and delays. So really, the sky's the limit. We have a lot of content on our site. It's just really whatever you want to kind of drill down to, you can find it. And mm -hmm. if you don't find it on our resource, a resource on our website, and you'd really like to see it, always feel like you can reach out to us because we're always on the hunt for new content ideas and we're ready to write them. So uh, if there's ever a topic that, you know, an educator out there is like, we really need something on XYZ topic, reach out to us and we will be sure to help you out. Wow, that's great. So what would be the best way for someone to do that, like through your website, contact us or is there yes, an email? So there's a okay. Yep. There's a contact us on the website and you can just do an email right in there. And that's probably the best way to do it. Okay. Very good to know. Yeah. I know Starnet has appreciated our collaborative relationship and you guys um, seeking input from us and letting, you know, asking us like what would be helpful as you're out there training and supporting educators and professionals. So um, we are very fortunate, I think, in Illinois to have such a project um, that's, you know, pulling together all these wonderful resources. And we probably could argue, right? I asked like, what else do you have that might be helpful in implementing DAP? I think it all is helpful, right? But like you yeah. said, it's just what you're, what maybe um, the educator is looking at um, right. their focus to be, right? What they want to learn a little bit more about or share a resource with families to extend that learning. So it's all yes. DAP, right? <laughs> it's all DAP. It's just how you implement it. So, you know, whether it's doing a math activity in the classroom it, that can be DAP, whether it's, you know, teaching about friendships, that can be DAP. It's all about thinking about the individual child and their family and their community and what is appropriate for them and their community. Excellent. Well, I'm, I'm, 
um, thankful that you have that lens as you are like developing all your content, right? It sounds like the DAP lens and framework probably guides um, all of your, your content as you're developing it. So it thank definitely you helps. very much. <laughs> yeah. So is there anything else, Natalie, that you want to share with our listeners today? Any closing thoughts or? Sure. Just to come by our website give us a look. And if you haven't been there before, I think you'll be excited to see some of the resources that we have for early childhood educators on there. All right. Awesome. And I will definitely be uploading some of the direct links to those three resources that you mentioned. So if you're listening today, check out our show notes and you can get those direct links so you can start exploring. So thank you so much, Natalie, for joining us today. I really appreciate it. And I want to thank our listeners for joining us today. And yeah, just encourage you to check out all those amazing resources that are free to you and share, share the word, share with family, share with other professionals that might not know about them as well. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So that's it for today. So thanks all. And I hope to see you uh, next time. Take care.